0: Hosts of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. Record highs. That's where we are. Back just above where we were in October, six months ago. Or as some people would prefer to say, we're up 17% for the year. I guess it just depends on your perspective. This current rally has been boosted by rising earnings, a revival in consumer confidence, and a really strong GDP number. Last week, I mentioned the Atlanta Fed was forecasting a 2.8% increase in the first quarter GDP which I thought was remarkable because back in January, they were expecting growth of less than 1%. When it was announced that growth actually came in at 3.2%, it surprised just about everyone. Heck, we had a government shutdown, uncertainty on trade, and concerns about global growth. 3.2% is a big number. Usually, the first quarter is about a percent lower than the rest of the year. That number gets revised a couple of times, so we'll see where it actually ends up and what the rest of the year has in store for us. Welcome to this edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman, partner here at the XML Financial Group. On top of that fantastic GDP number, we're seeing incomes continue to grow which is bringing more people into the job market and the consumer balance sheets, well, they're looking pretty solid. My guess is, and your guess is probably as good as mine, but I suspect that the economy is on fairly solid ground for the rest of this year. But the market and the economy are two different things. As I mentioned, we're up just over 17% for the year on the S&P 500. Stocks are touching new highs I think the easy money has already been made, and at least in the near term, will probably be driven by the multiple. That's what people are willing to pay for a dollar of a company's earnings. I'd much rather have strong earnings driving the returns of the market. Earnings growth, well, it isn't anything to write home about, maybe better than expected, but the bar was set really low this quarter. And as a result, If your company missed getting over that bar, then they're going to get punished. Another thing that's making me cautious here is that fewer and fewer stocks are participating in the party. It's like a middle school dance. You have a lot of kids standing up against the wall, not doing a whole lot of anything. To my point, Apple, Facebook, Amazon, and Microsoft have contributed nearly 50%, that's right, nearly 50% of the overall NASDAQ gains for the month of April. That's right, four stocks are basically driving the returns on the NASDAQ notice I didn't say Google, and we'll talk about them in a minute. It's not just the tech stocks either. I'm seeing the same thing with the S&P 500. The percentage of stocks trading above their 50-day moving average has fallen significantly over the last couple of months. With the markets hitting new highs, only 50% of the companies are actually above where they were in September, which means 50% of the companies are lower now than they were back in September. So I'm waving a yellow flag here. Not vigorously, but I'm waving a yellow flag because I think caution is warranted in the near term. As I say at the end of every show, it's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow them which is why we're holding several workshops over the next month. We have six nights where we're getting together. We're talking about increasing your wealth and protecting your nest egg in this potentially volatile environment. These are meant to be more conversational as opposed to us getting up there and doing the old PowerPoint thing. We want to talk about the things that are important to you. And we had six of these scheduled. We had three at Owens Ordinary in Bethesda, Maryland, and three at Ma- uh, Maggiano's in Tyson's Corner. But I believe, and I didn't check this this morning, I think three of the six are already full. The ones that we still have a couple of seats available for are uh, September 9th at Owens Ordinary, and then the 22nd and the 23rd at Magiano's, which is surprising to me because I love the pasta at Maggiano's. Anyhow, if you want to come and join us for dinner and the talk, you'll need to register soon. The spots are going pretty quickly, as you can tell. You can go to xmlfg.com. Once again, it's xmlfg.com. Save your spot. And if you like, if you have something specific that you'd like us to talk about, well, you can email me at podcast, which is plural, podcast at xmlfg.com. Okay. Okay. Enough of the housekeeping. Let's move on. Earnings are coming out fast and furious. Maybe not as fast and furious as the Fast and Furious movies, which I think there are nine of those and maybe three more in the pipeline. I prefer the Marvel franchise, but to each his own. Today, people are scratching their heads over Google. Symbol G-O-O-G or G-O-O-G-L depending on the share class you're looking at. Both are basically the same except for the voting rights. And they occupy the sixth and seventh slot in the S&P 500 if you're going by market cap. I say Google, but the real company name is Alphabet. Alphabet announced earnings Tuesday morning and they missed on the revenue side by, oh, let's just call it a billion dollars or three commas. The earnings, well, they beat estimates by my calculations, if you exclude a uh, EU fine there. It looks to me like the growth is slowing, and I think that's true with a number of the tech names. You pay a high price for growth, and when that growth starts to falter, falter then people want to pay less for the stock. I think Google is a fine company who can control their earnings more than their revenue. At this stage of the game, people are worried about the competition, and they should. Fast-growing businesses invite competition. Everyone wants a piece of that growth, right? The extraordinary amount of money that Google brings in allows them to invest in the long shots, the one-offs. If they want to improve their earnings, all they have to do is invest less in the long shots, and voila earnings go up. It's the revenue going forward that you'll want to keep your eye on. Again, I think this is a set of fine businesses. For the more speculative part of your portfolio, the part you're not counting on going into retirement, I'd look at Google, symbol G-O-O-G, at around $1,000 or about 12% lower than what it is now. And how do I get to that $1,000 figure? I'm guessing they earn about $51 or $52 a share this year. And the low average multiple, that's the amount people or investors are willing to pay, the low average multiple over the last 10 years has been about 19 times earnings. So 19 times 51, that puts me right in the $1,000 neighborhood. Again, that's for my speculative dollars. You need to do your own research and see if it's right for you. I got a question from a listener. By the way, we're on Spotify now. I know a number of you subscribe through iTunes, SoundClouds, and a few others, but now you can also get us through Spotify. Help us out here. If you like the show, pass it on, hit the like button. Well, you know what to do. Anyhow, I got a question and she says she's new to investing and wonders if the market is too high to buy stocks. I said, I'm waving the caution flag at the moment, but But if you're just starting to invest and you're putting aside money every month, that's how I'd like to see you investing every month or on a regular basis. It's called dollar cost averaging. I don't think anyone can time the market. And if you have a long time in front of you, I think dollar cost averaging is a very viable strategy. You put money in on a systematic basis, just like you do with your 401k. When you get paid, some of that money goes into your 401k, or at least I hope so. You're not making timing decisions. Chances are you're not going to get the best price and you're not going to get the worst price. But over time, you should get a very reasonable average cost. If you think you're going to need the money in the next three years, well, then I don't think you should be invested. I also had someone ask me about using stops. Stops on their stock uh, stocks, and for those of you who are unfamiliar, you can put sell orders in on your stocks if it falls below a certain price. Well, it sells. I've never been a big fan of doing this, and the main reason is is that I tend to have a portfolio of very high quality stocks, names like Berkshire Hathaway and Johnson and Johnson, and so on. You get you get the idea. These are companies that I want to own for a very long time. And if the market goes down, I more than likely want to be adding to these names instead of selling them. For the risky stocks, when things go wrong, they usually blow right through the stops and doesn't really help me anyway. If I own a risky stock and it has a bad quarter or some other news comes out and it opens $100 lower well, my stop order at $50 lower didn't really help me. So I rarely, if ever, use them. Got a question for the show, email us at podcast, again, it's plural, podcast at xmlfg.com. We're happy to answer any questions you have. We've run out of time for today. We want to start keeping this a little bit shorter going forward. Don't forget the seats at the seminars are filling up fast. You want to make sure you save your spot. We'll be back next Wednesday and we'll leave it the way we always leave it. It's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow. This is Eric Whiteman. This is Common Sense Investing. And this is the end of the show, except for the disclosures. listen to the show. Now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up it's the disclosures. The things I talked about during the show, well, they're just my opinion and may or may not necessarily be those of the XML Financial Group. Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. No, no. You should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I'd suggest you get someone who's qualified in these areas so you can get the Dollar cost averaging does not ensure a profit and does not protect against loss in declining markets. It involves continuous investing regardless of fluctuating price levels. Investors should consider their ability to continue investing through periods of fluctuating market conditions.